Hello, Gospel friends. Throughout the Gospels and Acts, Jesus asked over 350 questions. His primary intention in asking was to create a space for intimate conversation with those he encountered. Sitting quietly with these questions is no easy task. It is complex, and it requires courage and vulnerability. It is, however, worth the risk. Today, we will be sitting with his question in Luke 22, verse 46. Why are you sleeping? I'll be reading from the book, The Inquisitive Christ, chapter 3. The night was a heavy cloak, touching every part of the disciples' exposed skin with an electric current of fear. The moon revealed only the shadowy movements of branches against an inked sky. The darkness was a feature of his face, one they'd never seen present before. Although the air was cool, there were clusters of sweat colliding on his forehead and beard. His neck was strained. His shrouded jaw was set tight. His eyes, the eyes that had always revealed peace, authority, passion, now showed something unfamiliar, something disturbing and desperate. It frightened them. He addressed the group, Kathisate, sit here. He motioned to the grove of olive trees at the entrance of the garden. They sat, watching his every move. His eyes looked beyond them to something only he could see in the thickness of night. I must pray, he murmured as if to himself. He began to walk away but turned back. With gestures that conveyed impulse, He looked to Peter, then to the brothers. Without words, they knew they were to follow him farther into the night, into a dark corner of the olive grove where they did not wish to go. They didn't want to see what would happen next. They turned the corner behind a low stone wall, a thicket of shrubs and trees shielding the others from their sight. It was here, behind this wall, that God dropped to his knees, holding his stomach and groaning like a delivering heifer. The brothers took a step back without knowing they did. Peter knelt beside Jesus, concerned. Rabbani? Jesus looked at Peter, the tears mingling with rouged sweat that beaded like pox on his brow. Jesus groaned again, and Peter dropped his eyes. With every fragment of his being, he wanted Jesus to stop. He wanted to take his teacher by the shoulders and command him to snap out of it, to behave like the Mashiach. But Jesus understood what Peter couldn't. Peter couldn't grasp that Jesus was being God and that God was suffering to the point of death. Mainete, Jesus whispered, don't leave me. Be with me. Of course, Rabbani, Peter returned, shaking in his fear. Taking Peter's rock-like frame with one hand and the stone wall with the other, Jesus staggered to his feet and walked a few slow paces into the ever-gathering dark. Peter, still on his knees, sat down and leaned his back and head against the rough wall. His hand rested on the hilt of his sheathed dagger. The sons of thunder joined him one whispering to the other, what was that about? 
Their bewildered companion with large eyes shook his head in unknowing. For a while, the three tried to watch for Jesus' return, and for a while they did. But one by one, their waiting soured, and one by one, they closed their eyes to Jesus in sleep. This narrative of Jesus' last moments with his disciples is designed to steal our breath. The vulnerability of Jesus is piercing. We are told in Mark 14, that the look on the face of Jesus conveyed the state of being thrown into a terror from the Greek ekthombeo. He was anguished, agonized. In the same verse, Jesus again verbalized to his friends that his state of being was ademoneo, one of immense distress, anguish, heaviness. Of the three Greek verbs that convey the condition of depression, this verb bears the most weight. He tells his alarmed disciples that the reality of his divine soul is one of exceeding sorrow, from the adjective perilupos. With incredible candor, he shares with Peter, James, and John that his soul is very sorrowful, even unto death. Matthew records that Jesus fell to the earth, his face pressed into the dirt, transparent in his need for the courage and strength to do the will of his Father. In a moment of holy mystery, he needed them, their companionship in this terrible garden, their witness to his turmoil and vulnerability and incomprehensible suffering. This bleeding, prostrate Jesus was shocking. He was utterly unfamiliar to his best friends. You'd think they'd stay awake, wide awake, but they don't. When he came back to his disciples, he found them sound asleep. Matthew pins these words, a haunting quality echoing in their simplicity. How long was Jesus praying? 30 minutes? 15? 5? How long did they wait? The narrative holds its breath, inviting us to watch as Jesus bends down and gently shakes Peter, James, and John awake. Don't leave me, he had implored. But they did. They abandoned the Son of God in sleep. I intimately know this failure, this abandonment of God. Jesus finds me sleeping so often. It's such a simple request, really, to remain awake with Jesus, but there's almost none more difficult to honor. They cannot avoid the question that Jesus asks, why are you sleeping? Like them, we cannot avoid his pressing question. I want to know what to tell him. What can we possibly say in our defense? What can be said in answer to the grieving Jesus, the one who simply wants our company as we wait together for the Father's will to unfold? The gospel is that he has made us good in the midst of our sleep. When we could do nothing for ourselves but habitually hibernate from the kingdom, Jesus was sent from the heart of God to wake us. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus knew his closest friends would falter. 
He knew they would fail him. He knew they would close their eyes in a torpor so strong that only God could wake them. And yet, Jesus still intervened. He walked that dark road to the cross while we were yet sleeping. That is the gospel. We all inherently know that we too will fail Jesus. We will fall asleep. It's what we humans do. The question is, for how long? How long will our slumber last? Again and again, His Spirit gently wakens us and invites us to shake off the exhaustion and numbness and indifference of our souls, taking our place once more with Jesus in the garden, watching, waiting, talking with our Father. Enter now into the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus and his disciples. What does the mood of the night feel like? What do you see in the face of Jesus as he asks his friends, Mainate, stay with me. Feel the intimacy in his request. How do you respond? Imagine falling asleep and being woken by an anguished Jesus. How do you handle your inability to stay awake and wait with Jesus? What does his face look like as he asks, why are you sleeping? What rises up in response to his question? Spend some time now talking with Jesus as you consider his question together, why are you sleeping? This has been a production of Gospel Community Church. I'm Kara Murphy. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast and give us your comments. If you want to reach out to us directly, email us at info at gospelcc.org.